Do you really believe that we are under this satanic world that Satan is the prince of? And the people that lead this world and call all the shots, also called all the shots on this, they've been proven to lie. But you complied so you could go to Hawaii or that you could get into fucking Starbucks or because your fucking mom was mad that you weren't taking it. Whatever, if you're really led by God, this has been, t this has been said to you. So ask yourself, why? That's shadow. If you rationalize it, and you believe everything I said, that these people are evil and they do have a wicked agenda for us, and you participated in the big plan, but you can justify it in some way, shape, or form and say that you are still being led by your Holy Spirit. I just want to know how. These are the tough fucking questions we got to ask ourselves. And if you're getting really pissed because I'm asking you this, then you're not asking yourself. Welcome to the Sovereign Mind, Body, and Soul podcast with Coach Jerry. I am your host, Coach Jerry, and this is a place where I deliver to you the truth about pain-free health and joy as I know it from my heart and my soul. Now, I left my corporate 7 to 7 job to pursue holistic health and rehabilitation, a passion that stemmed from my personal struggles with obesity, misery, and disease. You see, it was only after I surrendered my attachment to the medical system that I began to truly heal at the root level. From arthritis and depression to autoimmunity, it all vanished when I put the doctors and pharmacists on the do not call list. This isn't medical advice, I'm just sharing with you my journey. The passion to share the truth as I know it about health was so strong that I left my six-figure corporate management job and here I am with you today. And from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for joining me. Coach Jerry here, and today we are going to be talking about the dark night of the soul. We're going to go into shadows a little bit. And what is the point of this? Why are we bringing it up? We've had a mass awakening over the past several years. People are starting to see the truth. The veil has been lifted. And that's a great thing. But now is where the real work begins. Now is where the reps need to happen. And if we're not careful, we're going to turn into the exact same thing they were working so hard to stop. Succinctly, the left, the leftist mindset, the leftist ideology. This isn't a political statement or political stance. When I say left, I don't refer to Democrats. When I say left, I refer to leftist ideology. What is leftist ideology? Leftist ideology is Luciferian. It is satanic. It is evil. They are working on global tyranny, worldwide control. This is no secret. It's out in the open now, guys. This is not theory. This is not hypothetical. Plain and simple. This is a global effort to take away your sovereignty. I'm not going to go through and list the evidence. I'm not going to list the grievances. At this point in time, either you or you don't. So I'm not here to talk to the people that don't know. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the awakened ones. I'm talking to the ones who are being led by God and their highest self, their Holy Spirit. While I have no judgment towards anyone who doesn't fall under that category, I don't have the time to help those people get to a state of understanding. The Lord will work with those people. The universe will work with those people. I'm here for you. And I want to address what I've been seeing and addressing with my clients and with the world in general. And that is <clears throat> we've got to a state where we've awakened, but we're not quite willing to put the work in. Or maybe we are, we don't know what work to put in. But now that you've awakened, the work needs to happen on the interpersonal and the intrapersonal. So yes, we need to communicate the truth to people. We need to help wake people up. 
but we need to do the intrapersonal work as well. We need to recognize when our shadows are in play. So the topic of today's show, the collective shadows, dark night of the soul. After the great awakening is when the real work begins. What is a dark night of the soul? Dark night of the soul is a term that originated from the writings of Christian mystic and poet, St. John of the Cross. It refers to a profound and transformative spiritual experience characterized by a sense of intense inner turmoil, isolation, and a feeling of being disconnected from the divine or the higher self. This period is often seen as a crucible for personal growth and spiritual awakening. It may be considered an adult rite of passage and one can find themselves feelings that they've gone mad. This is the point of no return in any hero's journey. And this is the point where people get stuck. As they're left hanging on to their old attachments, their old identities, their old ways of being, they're shown that is not the truth. But pursuing the truth and living your authentic self seems scary and painful to, the, to those living in the shadow. And as we are confronted with our shadows, we realize that much of what, if not all, of what we believed has been a giant shadow, a giant lie. A lie perpetuated by our personal ego resistances to what is. Lies force-fed to us by the media and other trust, trusted authority figures. It cuts to the soul and we are forced to confront whether or not we are going to continue playing the game of our persona, our image, a running around pleasing God, mom and dad at the expense of our individuation. And we might have spiritual or religious leaders that lead us to believe that Individuating ourselves is a selfish pursuit. And that is the work of the dark. That is the work of the underworld. That is the work of the devil. You are no good to the all if you are broken as an individual. What was Jesus really teaching us? The dark night of the soul is the afterglow of the awakening. This is where the work happens, where madness becomes a possibility. See, we can live in a mad world and we can do mad things. But if we fit in, we don't recognize our madness. It is when we start pursuing the truth, we start opening the portals to our higher self and to God, when we've been touched with faith and grace. Whatever language you use for this dynamic, that's when madness becomes a possibility. As you detach from the matrix and your dependence on your social status and your image, you're nearing to individuation, but you might feel alone. You might feel like you're losing it. You're not. You're finding it. This is the point where it's time to shit or get off the pot. Do the work to source your true essential self. Isn't that the whole point? Anyone who refuses to look into their own shit and face their shadows is giving the entire world a subconscious message. I'll show up when you all make a change. Until then, deal with it. We find ourselves in a state where we are controlled manipulated, coerced, and overrun by grown-ass psychopathic children. And they are leading a population of grown-ass victim children who are raising a generation of little brats who are entitled to it all without earning it. They want to affect public and social policy without living as an adult themselves. These are literally the people calling you crazy. And sooner or later, we are going to make the conscious choice when a crazy kid tells you what to think or do, why would you listen? And if we can detach from 
the experiencer role, experiencing this stress, experiencing this upside down world and just observe it from afar, from a curious standpoint. Would you say that what you're observing is the behavior of adults or children? Be honest. Now, to those of you out there that are listening to this, you are awake. But I invite you to take a closer look at your shadows. And trust me, I've got mine. I take a look at them every single day. And I still am blown away at the shadows that I've been keeping in the dark. But I invite you to take a look at those shadows. And make sure that you are aware when you are going into child mode. How do you know when you're going into child mode? When you're triggered. When you start acting in anger. When you feel stuck. Demotivated. Take a look at where you're at. These are age regressions. We get stuck. Our trauma affects us. And when we show up to the world in that state, without processing where we're at and why we're there, we just end up being children fighting with children. So if you're working somewhere, like for example, if you're working somewhere that will fire you for your social media posts, so you decide to self-censor, then fucking quit. If the answer is no, but you claim to be led by God, I ask you to pray on that. Who's really leading you? If you're a Christian, whose world is this? Is this Jesus's world? Or is this Satan's world? So you're going to be led by God and maintain your attachment to the matrix, Satan's kingdom, by ignoring your higher self's message. Nobody's higher self told them to take an experimental gene-altering DNA concoction. Nobody's. If you're unwilling to quit because of your attachment to the material world and the matrix, you are a part of the fucking problem that you're bitching about. You don't want mommy and daddy to tell to yell at you. And you don't want the rest of the family to shame you, i.e. society. This is how the collective and the personal, conscious and subconscious, become conflated and lead you astray. How does this happen? What are you being led by? And if you say, God, are you? And if you don't believe in God, why? Not here to tell you you should or you shouldn't. Where'd that belief come from? You didn't like man's portrayal of the written word of God? You might be onto something. That doesn't mean there's no God. So you might project, be projecting, feeling like you're not accepted, that you're not loved because you don't believe in a vengeful, wrathful, highly consequential, conditional loving God. Again, that doesn't mean there's no God. You might be onto something. But you really, you are dependent. You are being run by the Bible just by holding hate in your heart towards God. And you're dependent on them for your identity and your self-esteem. These people that you don't want to make mad. If you were being led by God, yet you took the devil's fucking poison because you didn't want to lose your fucking job. Who are you let, letting down? And don't give me that shit. I got fired. I got fucking fired in the middle of this pandemic for standing up for what I believed in. We had an asbestos leak at the store and I walked the fuck out because they couldn't prove that it was safe. We were using a deadly chemical stripper in the store that we weren't even supposed to be using. Supposed to go to the hospital right away if it was inhaled. But we were using it unlawfully and I walked the fuck out. Eventually, I got fired for my opinions on COVID, among other things. Making six figures, I got fired. Was it a surprise? No. Could I see it coming? Yeah. Was there anything I was willing to do different to avoid that from happening? Fuck no. Now, why are you not? And I know there's a lot of people out there that did make that tough call. And I know you looked into your heart and you said, what am I being led by if I say yes to this? Or if I say no, what am I being led by? I want to give you a huge thank you and a huge high five and a huge pat on the back and a giant hug. That is the only way this shit keeps going is by us complying. Three years later, the whole world knows that the pandemic was fake. But what's the news still talking about? 
right? Now, if you're complaining about it and you're being led by God, supposedly, and you took the devil's poison, I don't want to fucking hear you, bitch. Unless you're willing to do some of this work and look at your shit. That being said, it's your right to bitch. There's nothing I can do about it. And I'm coming at this hard in the paint on purpose, guys, for a reason. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to shame. That's not what it is. But quite honestly, there's a voice inside you somewhere. If you truly are being led by God, if you truly have a personal relationship with God, if you truly regularly touch base with your higher self and your Holy Spirit, anything I'm saying to you has been said to you. Let me say that again. Anything I'm saying to you has been said to you. What are you doing with that message? Do you really believe that we are under this satanic world that Satan is the prince of? And the people that lead this world and call all the shots, also called all the shots on this, they've been proven to lie. But you complied so you could go to Hawaii or that you could get into fucking Starbucks. Or because your fucking mom was mad that you weren't taking it, whatever it is. If you're really led by God, this has been this has been said to you. So ask yourself, why? That's shadow. If you rationalize it, but you believe everything I said which seems to be a common belief right now that these people are evil and they do have a wicked agenda for us. And you participated in the big plan, but you can justify it in some way, shape or form and say that you are still being led by your Holy spirit. I just want to know how these are the tough fucking questions we got to ask ourselves. And if you're getting really pissed, cause I'm asking you this, then you're not asking yourself. And don't assume that I don't ask myself the tough questions and I don't ask the tough questions of my client. Is it an adult or is it a child that's unwilling to face the truth? That's unwilling to hold themselves accountable or to face their own accountability. Really ironic considering the foundations of that religion. So like I said, if this is a battle of good and evil, why the fuck are you on team evil? If you did take the jab to go to work, to travel, to get into Starbucks, you are the fucking problem. Stop denying it. Now, how's that feel? My personal shadows, what I came up with, how was I part of the fucking problem? Too often that I, too often I go into child mode myself and I express my frustrations in an ineffective way, right? It's a bunch of bitching, bitching about this and bitching about that. Look what they did. And I can't promise I'm not going to keep doing that, but it's always going to become with a, coming with a level of awareness to where I'm going to always strive to do better. Try to sow unity before division. And some people cannot be united with us, folks. That's the thing we got to realize at this point where they're at in their journey. They just, they're not a vibrational match for where we are. So do we interact with them? No. Not if we want to be our highest self. Not if you want to actually use your time and energy resources for good. When we get to the point where we've individuated ourselves, then we can start talking about looking at the people that are completely disintegrated. Didn't know the difference between, between a fetus and a baby. That don't know the difference between a man and a woman. We can't argue with these people. We can do individuate ourselves so that we know that every interaction we have these people is going to, we're going to give it the best opportunity to be absent in our own personal projection and biases. What we deem them to be before we even talk to them. If we do that, we'll project that onto them. And guess what we'll see is them, whatever we decide they were. But how does it feel when you hear these things? You're being led by a higher cause. You claim to not be able to figure this shit out on your own. You claim to give your soul to a higher purpose. Give your life to a higher purpose. Dedicate your life to a higher purpose. But you took the fucking jab so you could travel. How does that feel to hear that? What resistances and justifications came up? You might have already switched the channel and told me to go fuck myself. If you're not in a position to welcome the most dissenting questions, the most polar opposite viewpoint of yours, 
then you will never be able to find where you are just like everyone else. I was watching a YouTube video last night and I found it very interesting because there was this guy in there and he was preaching about some Gnostic gospels and he's got a very interesting theory on Christ and, and his interpretation of the book and when Christ was supposed to return or had he already returned, was he speaking to the current generation? Was he talking to first century Romans or was he talking to all of mankind for all of eternity? And the interesting part was what he was saying basically was probably considered blasphemous, but he was getting caller after caller going online and debating him. And the whole time they're getting heated, they're getting argued, or they're arguing, they're getting heated, they're projecting, they're defending. But at the end of the day, they both believe the same thing, which is Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. And that he came and was resurrected to absolve man of their sins and to save them from the law, man's law. They just disagreed on who was Satan. They disagreed on what Yahweh was. They disagreed on who the Most High is. They disagreed on whether or not alien civilizations are possible. But they agreed on the important shit. Neither one of them had the ability to put their ego on the shelf and say, we're saying the same thing. Actually, I take that back. Later on in the podcast, there was a call, caller who called in, basically was saying the same thing. So what I'm getting at there is if we're not aware of what's driving us, what's leading us, and what beliefs are really important there, right? Because in that example, they both wanted to be right. One was saying, no, the Bible is the literal written word of God. It is how it says it is. The other one says the Bible has been corrupted by man. And there's a lot of stuff in here you're not catching. A lot of words of John, a lot of words of Paul, a lot of words of Jesus Christ himself that you're not catching. So while significantly, like historical significance, it was important semantic to get ironed out. But boy, I tell you what, if I'm the devil, I want you guys fighting over that shit. I want you fighting over that stuff. Right. Because they're both going to talk crap about each other online after this. And one of them is going to be hailed as a heretic when he's really literally spreading the word of Christ. And the overall theme of his message was there's people that got involved in this Bible, the canonizing of the Bible. A lot of stuff was possibly misinterpreted and intentionally left out. Why they intentionally left it out is up to us to really believe and feel. And it's like, what does our inner knowing tell us? But the essence of what they were saying was the same. And because neither one of them were individuated enough at the time in the moment to see what was important and see that they actually agree and they're being led by the same thing. They both fell right into the hands of Satan in this conversation. That's what the awakening does. Our shadows are brought to light. They were left defending so hard their stance because someone shined a light on their shadow. And they were not willing to sit with the feeling of, what if I'm wrong about this? Am I wrong about this? They weren't willing to, which means how much are you doing that when you're sourcing your own beliefs? What if this is wrong? What would it look like if it was wrong? What would it feel like if it was wrong? What would I be seeing instead if it was wrong? But when you are individuated, when someone shines a light on your shadow, you rever in that opportunity. You revel in that opportunity. You find reverence for the situation. You approach it with a playful childlike curiosity. You're aware of the fact that no matter what God really is, our stupid little words cannot quantify that. But if you instead experience great resistance, great negative energy, maybe a great stuck energy. When you hear dissenting views, when someone questions something that you hold dear and you covet greatly, 
If you experience that type of reaction, that's a defense, that's a resistance. And if you act out on the inside or the out, you're in your shadow. The dark night of the soul in psychological terms. When we consider the dark night of the soul from a psychological perspective, and I particularly like to look at it from a Jungian concept, Carl Jung, it can be seen as a period of intense self-confrontation and transformation, right? Shit or get off the pot. You're either gonna shrink or grow from this experience, but you're here. But during this time, an individual might experience a profound encounter with their own shadow. You probably did or you wouldn't be there. <clears throat> and archetypal energies leading to really a disintegration of the previous self-identity. It's really hard to step into your highest self without killing your previous lower self. And what I mean by that, all the things that you've identified as that aren't you, those become attachments. Those become defenses and resistances. And they push us away from individuation. We start becoming attached to things that reinforce that identity. So how do you know if you're experiencing like a sudden shadow illumination, dark night of the soul, right? You might feel really triggered. You might feel really confused. You might feel a lot of anger projected towards certain people for things they've said and done. And it might be labeled as the way they treat me, whatever. But you will be confronting your shadow. You will face suppressed and denied aspects of yourself. These are parts of ourselves we're not willing to confront. We're not willing to acknowledge. And guess where we see it? We see it in everyone else. So if you don't like that showboat, look at me type of person, you need to take a look at where in your life you're holding yourself back by not acknowledging that within you. Are you lacking self-confidence? Are you lacking productivity? The ability to get shit done, right? That's just one example. But denying those shadows, failing to see what's been illuminated leads to really a sense of inner turmoil. And this is what leads to ex existential crises, midlife crises, ego deaths, why I call it the dark night of the soul. Archetypal struggles. I deal with, with personality a lot with my clients. And we start with the Enneagram. And the Enneagram is very much an archetypal system. It isn't quite Carl Jung's archetypes, but you can translate that over pretty directly. But archetypal energies related to transformation, rebirth, and confrontation with the unknown may play a significant role in the experience. Think hero's journey, folks. That's truly what the dark night of the soul is. It's the beginning of the hero's journey. These energies might challenge one's established beliefs and identity. Just take a look, just take a look at the world. We are on the precipice of a shit or get off the pot moment. We can start a collective hero's journey, but we need the warriors to be heroes, not just warriors. Isolation and despair, similar to the feeling of disconnection from the divine, a person might feel disconnected from their own sense of purpose and meaning. Nihilism. What's this for? This can lead to feelings of isolation, depression, and despair. Feeling alone and unsupported. Feeling like you don't know. I'm confused. Chronic confusion. Fear annihilation. There's two major st states of chaos that we find ourselves in, according to Dr. Stephen Lewinsky. And the two major states of chaos that we end up landing in are either a state of I don't know or a fear of annihilation. How heavily do you think those themes are playing into the zeitgeist right now? Huge, right? Now, if we're coming at the quote-unquote sheep from the perch of a lion, yet we are facing our own state of I don't know in fear of annihilation. Annihilation from what? And what is it you need to know? What does your soul say about what's going on? Can you trust it? Does it match what your eyes see? Annihilation from what? your old identities, your old attachments to Satan's kingdom, annihilation of the matrix that you've grown so fond of, separation from the matrix, the old identity, everything you've built in the matrix, everything you've built in this fake ass world, 
I can't let it go. What are you being led by? Eventually you experience integration growth. That's the whole point. That is the whole point. The darker the night, the brighter the light. This is the hero's journey, shit or get off the pot. As we face an obstacle midpoint in the journey. Too many of us turn around and give up. That's when you're three feet from gold. Just as St. John of the Cross saw the dark night as a transformative experience, the psychological interpretation suggests that through confronting the shadow and integrating these deeper aspects of the self, an individual can emerge with a greater sense of self-awareness, authenticity, and personal growth. That is the return in the hero's journey. Carl Jung's theories of the collective unconscious and collective consciousness are fundamental concepts of a psychological framework, and that explains the interplay between individual and shared human experiences. This is one thing that I don't think it's enough love right now, guys, that, that, that nobody's really talking about, and that's the collective. We talk about energy and we talk about all that, but like how we can just be being led with this group think, this hive mentality. And I know that is a thing that's being talked about, but like at a deep level, like at a spiritual level, at an energetic level, what is the collective and personal conscious and unconscious really reflecting? So the collective unconscious is a concept, obviously, that was proposed by Jung. And it, it describes the deep and universal reservoir of shared experiences, memories, and symbols, as well as the archetypes that we all inherit as part of our common humanity. It's why the Enneagram is so powerful. It's powerful. It gives people the answers to who they are in the personality realm. This aspect of the unconscious is beyond personal experience. It's kind of like a psychological inheritance. It goes back generations, right? We've heard of generational trauma. This is all along those similar lines. But it's the wellspring in which certain universal themes, symbols, and patterns emerge across cultures and societies. Jung believed that the collective unconscious is made up of archetypes, which are they're like innate, primordial, symbolic images or themes that have been present throughout human history. These archetypes represent fundamental human experiences, like the hero, the mother, the perpetual child, the Peter Pan, the father, Imago Dei, your image of God. They serve as foundational elements that shape our thoughts, behaviors, and dreams, often without conscious awareness. Now, the personal conscious and unconscious. On the other hand, the personal conscious and unconscious pertain to an individual's unique experiences, memories, thoughts, and feelings. The personal conscious allows, or I'm sorry, includes what you're currently aware of and thinking about it's the person like the personal unconscious the collective unconscious contains elements that are not in your immediate conscious awareness like these could be forgotten memories repressed emotions other aspects that have been relegated to the unconscious due to their perceived like insignificance or emotional charge and a lot of times when they do provide emotional charge it's an associative quote-unquote trance or response and we aren't able to connect the dots a because we're in survival mode at the time and b it's a subconscious trigger signal Okay. Really those subconscious signals are survival mechanisms is like evolutionary speaking. It doesn't make a lot of sense to trace it back. It's like, there's a line, lines are dangerous. I'm running. Okay. But in this modern world, there's all these, this pathologies that are associated with modernity. So it's like, we've got to get creative at sourcing these things that are coming up, welling up these signals from our unconscious. And we're not really doing that as a whole. And that's why there's a lot of this projection being attracted to really just feudalistic ways of spending our time and energy, put it that way. The medias and the award shows and just silly mindless things on the tell a vision that uses channels to program you with programming. Yeah. To cast their spell of sorcery on you. So what's the relationship between the two? You can get as deep as you want on this, but when you start looking at the brain being the generator and an antenna, right? The skin, hair, 
being some sort of an antenna system. Look at the Akashic Records, Rupert Sheldrake's theory on the morphogenic field. Learn behavior among certain species of birds and insects that they seem to learn at the same time non-locally, things like that. When you start looking at that, it's like there's a huge direct energetic connection possibility in the collective and personal conscious and unconscious. So the collective unconscious and the personal conscious, they are interconnected, obviously. But Jung believed that personal experiences and expressions are influenced by the broader archetypal patterns from the collective, right? So this is tribal associations. This is get in to fit in, that type of stuff. So these archetypal influences, they can shape dreams, myths, art, religion, other forms of human expression. They also influence the way individuals perceive and relate to the world around them. In a sense, a collective unconscious provides a kind of shared psychological framework that underlies and shapes individual experiences. So what the collective is experiencing transmutes onto the individual as well. And a non-individuated person, they're just going to be led anywhere and everywhere, right? And all they worry about is fitting in. They don't want to lose that survival mechanism of tribe. human themes can manifest differently in each person's personal unconscious and conscious thoughts. It'd be like, we'll use a triangle as an example. So a triangle is a triangle, right? We're all familiar with a triangle, but what a triangle represents to you might be different than what a triangle represents to the next person, but you sit down and talk about the triangle, and you might not agree on everything, but you're talking about a triangle, right? So this is why essences and symbols are so important in our ability to relate to the world we live in because we just rely on third dimension words and silly concepts like that. But Jung's theory of the collective unconscious and collective conscious suggests that there is a shared reservoir of symbols and archetypes and that all humans inherit. This collective level of the psyche influences and interacts with an individual's personal conscious and unconscious. It really shapes everything that we think, that we relate to, that we view, that we believe, what we project, what we protect, what we resist, and what we reinforce, like all of that. And the more individuated you are, the more that's going to work in your favor to achieve your highest self and your ultimate purpose. The more you are out of touch with your individuated self, your true self, how you're using your personality to resist, how you're out of touch with your soul's message, then you're going to be seek to compensate with that through the realm of personality. And your thoughts, behaviors, experiences will be drastically different and they will be viewed from a different perspective. You will literally create different identities around it than you would if you were individuated. So shadows and archetypes. So we've touched up on the collective conscious and unconscious, the personal conscious and unconscious. We've talked about shadows and archetypes, but here's a little overview of what they really are. And why do these tie in guys? Because if you think about like what we were saying is we are unindividuated. We are not individuated as a collective, right? We're very disintegrated as a collective. That's because we're living in our shadow. Why are we living in our shadow? Because we experience resistance and fear to facing our shadows. Why is that? That depends a lot on the current archetypal development that you employ, that you're at. Wherever you are in your archetypal development is going to have a great impact on how you're using your personality. And if you're out of touch with all of that, you will not be able to regularly, confidently, Touch base and be guided by your higher self because your ego is too strong. Your ego is in play. Your resistances are too deep. So that's how all this is tying in, folks. So Carl Jung, he introduced the concept of the shadow as a crucial, crucial aspect of the human psyche. The shadow represents the unconscious, repressed aspects of an individual, including thoughts, feelings, and desires that they have disowned or denied. These elements contain both negative and positive aspects. 
Jung also introduced the concept of archetypes, which are universal, innate, and symbolic images and themes that arrive from the collective unconscious. Archetypes are common across different cultures and societies and can manifest in various forms, such as the hero, the mother, the trickster, etc. But similar to the Enneagram personality typing system that I use with archetypes, we use our archetypal nature to develop. Like, for instance, the collective unconsciousness is stirring up a lot of warrior archetypes right now, as well as heretics, hermits, victims, prostitutes, saboteurs, wounded and perpetual children. But as an individual, let's say you adopt an archetype. You archetype and we adopt archetypal nature to help us deal with personal and collective inner and outer worlds. We must be mindful, not become tranced so that we can stay tuned to our higher self. Okay, for example, a person who is living as a warrior archetype right now, right? They found themselves in the warrior archetype. They're fully immersed in the warrior field, right? They're full of love. They want humanity to wake up and fight tyranny. But they are, if not individuated, even if they're being guided by their heart and soul, they need to be careful not to create wars with wounded children. As you may realize that your shadow is to bully those that disagree with you because you, they are a threat to your perceived safety. Think about that. Now, on some level, that's true. These people are a threat to our safety because they keep complying. And, and you know, they're, they're given help to the illusion that people are buying into their shit. Okay. But the higher self move there is to go into your father archetype. No matter how many names are calling you, no matter how much they seem to hate you, but deal with them through love and empathy, right? Seek to connect, seek to understand, seek to support. Now, the supportive thing might to tell that person, you're completely wrong. You're dangerous in what you're saying, but I love you. That might be the loving thing to do. It's all situational. But but you, we go in, we go into our higher self and we give them the father archetype. We say this person's a male, obviously, but you give them that through love and empathy. And in doing so, you give them the security they seek. See, they're seeking that in the media and the politicians, and they see you as a threat to that. And if we're not aware, we just reinforce that we are a threat to them. And that's why I said, like, right now in my life where I'm at, I am not in a position where I am willing to be that person for those people at that level. It's just a matter of personal time, energy, and resources, folks. <laughs> they're the ones least willing to, like, actually pay somebody what it would take to get them from where they're at to a state of health. And so I'm not there to convince them they're worth it. So that's the type of archetype that those people are, right? They're the least willing to actually like do something about their situation. They're the most willing to bitch. But there are people out there that are good at it. And if you're one, this is your calling. Make sure you get yourself individuated and you're going to be an excellent resource for these people. But this warrior, right? And so it, what I just mentioned is giving them the father archetype. So you let them know that you are there. You are actually the support mechanism they're looking for. You are the truth. But they're seeking that in the media and politicians, right? And they're getting the opposite. But in Enneagram speak, this is like the type eight going to the type two, if you're, those of you are familiar with Enneagram. But this warrior will be a true master eventually when they learn to use their personal archetypes slash Enneagram to manifest their highest self. And from that place, they will truly be able to unconditionally help humanity and the collective beyond fear, anger, and anxiety traps. In short, awakening opens up the doors to where we need to invest our time on our inner worlds. And we, when we refuse to, and instead, we project onto others, we become what we're fighting against. So as a Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, Jew, Hindu, or any other religion, how willing are you to be asked the hardest questions of your faith? Is your God willing to be asked? Did my beliefs come from personal relationship and experience? Or was I made aware of what I should believe 
and how I should ritualize my spirituality. Think about that. And if that triggers you, look into that. I'm with you. I believe what you believe. I follow who you follow. Okay. But I'm willing to ask these questions. And I got a bunch of different answers than the people who read the Bible do. Okay. Got a bunch of different answers. It's really easy to see a man in a dress who insists that you call him a woman and say they're not living in reality. Quote, unquote, they are in shadow. But if we're willing, unwilling to ask the deep and dark questions of ourselves, our God, and our community, then we are just projecting our shadows onto the left, aren't we? Like, how are we any different? And they see our shadows, folks. And they are responding to our shadows. And because they're not willing to do the work that I'm talking about, we got children fighting children. The real work starts now. It will deepen the process of individuating yourself and you will be a much better follower of Jesus, Buddha, Ra, Elohim, Yahweh, etc. Where do you start? Here's the basic process that I utilize with people. Get them individuated. First of all, you got to baseline. If you're not taking care of your health, you're not getting sleep. You're not eating real food. You're not moving. You're not taking a look at how much time you're spending being super serious and, and super rigid and how much time you're spending being playful and having fun. If you're not taking care of that, don't worry about this shit. Just save this for later. Get to that. Get to that. At a base level, show yourself you love yourself enough to take care of yourself like an adult. Start there. Okay. If you're doing some other thing and you're trying to find your happiness and fulfillment and your place in the world by skipping one of those very like fundamental areas, take a pause, take a time out and go back to the start. Your body is your temple. That is your vessel in which you communicate to your highest self. Okay. That needs to start first right there. So once you get that in order, once you get that in line, you got your lifestyle habits, your basic lifestyle habits in play. Your vessel is pretty well attuned and clean. Then get into the inner work. Namely, know how you're using your personality to form a false identity. You are not your personality. You're not your career. You're not your religious beliefs. You're not your hobbies or interests. Period. Those are things you do. Those are part of your persona. Those are part of the thing. Those are some things that might bring you joy or a sense of meaning or a sense of contribution and worth to the world. Awesome. All those might be true, but they are not who you are. If you identify with things you do, you become attached to things that aren't you. And every time you're faced with losing one of those or changing, then you have to detach from one of those, which feels like an identity death. For example, if you play football in the NFL for 15 years and don't know that you are not a football player, you will have a major dark night of the soul as your football player identity dies. Nobody wants to re-sign you because you're getting too old. And you didn't plan a funeral or a resurrection for this part of yourself. It's like Uncle Rico on, I think it was Napoleon Dynamite. Uncle Rico, he identified with things he does. Okay? Know what your true core motivations are in life at the levels of spirituality and personality. Okay? Personality, we can objectively find that with you. We can objectively find it. These are your core motivations. Why? This is what your persona wants to protect. That's what it boils down to. And the more you're being operated by the core motivations in your personality and your persona, the less in touch you are with your highest self and your true purpose. The more time you spend resisting, the more time you spend compensating and distracting yourself from real fulfilling events, actions, and habits in your life. Secondly, once you realize your personality and your core motivations, what are you resisting as a consequences? As a consequence of thinking that you are your persona or your personality. 
more resistances, more attachments, more identity traps, right? So finding out who you are tells you who you're not. It's going to show you what you're resisting. And then from there, you put the work in to shine light on your shadows. When you experience triggers, when you experience resistances, that's a shadow trying to come through, right? And stop pointing to everyone else and projecting onto them. That is not going to help you source your shit. Okay. You may need a guide for that. I recommend a personalized consultation before you begin this critical work, but you are a free sovereign individual. If you have a different plan, by all means, go for it. It's just important to have one. If you wish to be a part of the light here, not the dark. If you wish to be part of the solution, not the problem. If you are fully grown up enough to realize that no matter who you are, there isn't anybody created that doesn't have to do their inner work and individuate themselves to be their best selves. Nobody's born lucky enough to just be without shadow and the ability to recognize all their shadows and the ability to have empathy for other people for their lack of awareness for their shadows. Okay. And there's a huge difference between having empathy for people and realizing that you're, they're just in a childlike state that doesn't obligate you to interacting with them or helping them along. If that's part of your thing and they are important enough to you, that's fine. But we don't have to spend our time trying to wake people up who refuse to be woken up is where I'm at right now. And that's projection, right? If we're so bent into shape about getting through to somebody, for, if it's so important for us that we convince this person and change their mind, like what about you believes that is the answer, right? Is there a deep-seated fear that maybe I'm wrong? Is there something within you that doubts what you believe? Again, that's just an arrow pointing back to you could use more individuation here. It's not pointing at them. But in case you haven't noticed, there's a very organized effort to keep us dependent, which is a complete lack of individuation. And the pedestalizing of the mentally ill and other psyop tactics are deadly effective at keeping us from getting whole and individuated. Why? Because it's easy to believe you're not a part of the problem when, quote unquote, those people are hitting the streets. I invite you to consider looking into your projections and shadows, not because you need it more than anyone else, but because the people who need it the most will not. And they will drag you into further disintegration through gaslighting. They will pull you into child mode. They will pull you right into their vibration. And if you're fully equipped with this individuation and you're ready to go and that matches your personality and your purpose, by all means, go get them. Go get them. I'll be waiting for them on the other side when you get them beefed up a little, okay? Leftism is trying to take over with this notion. They are the victim. You did it. And you need to pay for what was done to them. You pay their way. You need to not get into school when they can, even though you worked harder and got better grades. And you're selfish for not seeing it. And if we're not careful and we fail to individuate ourselves and to look at our own bullshit and only look at everyone else's bullshit, then we adopt the same energy. I am a victim. You did it. And you need to pay. Now, on a lot of levels, those three are true, right? We were victimized in a lot of cases, straight up. People that were fired, people that, uh, that weren't allowed to conduct their business on a normal level, uh, people that were censored, shadow banned, taken down. Yeah, those are victims. But are you a victim for life? Is that your identity now? Or are you, what the fuck are you going to do about it? But what in the collective and personal conscious and unconscious allowed that? What allowed that to happen? We got a lot of people that aren't being led by what they say they're being led by. Thank you guys for tuning in. Some of this was hard in the paint. Some of this was hard to hear. Some of it was probably hard to say. But I would invite you all to take a deep look at your inner world and how you're interfacing with it. 
And do you have a regular practice of sourcing your shadows and sourcing your subconscious beliefs and what is really running you? If you don't, I would just like to know what it is you believe about yourself that you think that it's not necessary for you. Do you believe all this is hogwash? Do you believe that you're already there? And if so, how will you know when you're not there anymore? Do you think this is stuff that's for other people and not you? And if so, are you waiting back for other, are you sitting back waiting to show up for other people to change? All right, guys, as always, I am here for you. Like any of my other episodes or publications, this is not medical advice. This is not mental health advice. This is me sharing my heart and soul and what I know works with you. And if at any time you feel like you need a professional analysis or mental health professional, by all means, seek the help you need to be your best self. All right, guys, I appreciate it. If you are interested in learning more about this, you can reach out to me direct. You can book a call on the link below here. Of course, you can book one-on-one coaching with me. You can get involved in our next workshop where we're going to talk about this, the individuation process, learn about everybody's personality within the group, what your core motivations are, what your triggers are, how to source those, dismantle them, and dissolve them so that you can show up to the world as your highest self and really get in where you fit in and be the best component you can be with whatever your purpose is. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. Peace, much love, and the